Ladies and gentlemen, and fellow golfers, for your entertainment. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa, brought to you by Hagen Oaks, America's most awarded golf facility, and Naturewood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality. Welcome in to another edition of the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Hi, Scott Marsh. I'm Frank LaRosa, and uh, we are here to... Uh, to give you all the benefits of playing the great game of golf. Scott, how are you doing this week? Doing fantastic. Frank, how are you? Yeah, doing very well. I mean, I'm, I'm about to, uh, to about to kind of slow down here for the end of the year and hope to play more golf than I've been able to play the rest of the year. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the next couple of weeks. That sounds fantastic. You know, last night um, there was the the big premiere of, uh, of the uh, Hagen Oaks uh, uh, 90 minute documentary on the, on the 90 years of Hagen Oaks. And it was really great to see a lot of people I hadn't seen in a long time. Uh, Dick Lotz and Kevin Sutherland and uh, um, you know, Bob came up from, uh, from Bodega Bay. And uh, it was, the, the, it was really uh, great to see the, the golf's literati, I guess, uh, in uh, in the Crest Theater last night. Oh, it was a who's who. I'm sure I'm so bummed I wasn't able to, to be there. But what a spectacular night and what a great tribute to what the Mortons have done and, and Hagen Oaks. And I just can't wait to see this uh, documentary. Yeah, and and certainly, uh, you know, as as Ken Jr. said, it's 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 the story of my dad's life, and uh, yeah, uh, it it was it was very cool. Uh, on the show today, we have uh, Tim Burr, PGA uh, uh, teaching professional at Blackhawk Golf Club, and uh, Tim just recently won the Patriot Award at the uh, NorCal PGA Awards uh, dinner. We're going to talk about that and some things that the foundation has going. Uh, Chris Johnson is the new GM and Nick Garrison is the new head pro. Interesting to have uh, two of the management team come in together, basically. Uh, and uh, they are they are uh, now at El Macero Country Club and uh, uh, they're very excited about uh, about being at the club and, and what the club has in store for the year. So we will we'll talk to them about their careers and and how they got here. And then uh, Bill Childs is the PGA teaching professional at Wood Creek Golf Club and um and is known uh, in in many circles for his his teaching of juniors. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So once again, another full show here on Sacktown Sports 1140. And there's never really time for us to talk about things that we did. But then again, nobody really cares what we did. That's the last thing anyone wants to hear about and probably the last thing I want to hear about myself. Yeah, so that's why we've got these great guests. <laughs> so... Uh, Sacktown Sports, uh, 1140, the Golf to Go Radio Hour, go hand in hand. And uh, we will be back with uh, Mr. Tim Burr right after these messages. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. Golf to Go Radio Hour on Sacktown Sports, 1140. Hello uh, and welcome again to Mr. Tim Burr. Tim is the PGA um, teaching professional at Blackhawk Country Club. And uh, in addition to that, He's the NCPGA Foundation Board President, and uh, Tim and I just got off a, a two-hour board meeting this morning uh, trying to do good things for the world. Hi, Tim. How are you? Hi, Frank. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we saw each other a, a couple of weeks ago at the NCPGA Awards Banquet and uh, was really excited to to have you on stage and interview you as the recipient of the 2022 Patriot Award, which is a, a relatively new award in the NCPGA Awards. I think it's probably five years or so that, that we've been giving out the Patriot Award. But first of all, 
tell us what the Patriot Award is and, and how you felt getting it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's Well, actually, I'm a second-time recipient. I won it in 2014 oh, wow. as well. Um, I, I think that was year – might have been the first year or the second year of the award, um, but but basically the um, the premise of the award is to is to recognize and honor PGA professionals um, that are giving back and, and um, helping not only with our veterans but also showing uh, pride and support of our nation. Um, and it's you know it's something that's very special to me. Uh, come from a military background as as well as my wife. Um, not not serving, but uh, with with family members in the, in those roles. So <clears throat> heard lots of stories over the years uh, about it, and and uh, you know since I didn't serve myself, it feels like the least I can do is is help to contribute to to our men and women um, as they come back and, and try to reacclimate to civilian life. Well, you certainly have as uh, in fundraising, in in helping out with events, in in being a teaching professional for the uh, PGA Hope program and certainly uh, as president of the NCPGA Foundation PGA Hope is the is the primary beneficiary of uh, pretty much all of the fundraising we do uh, explain what PGA Hope is and and your role there yeah the PGA Hope program uh, it stands for helping our patriots everywhere uh, it is a, a program that um, was intended to get uh, veterans an, an opportunity to learn the game of golf for free. Uh, so the foundation um, has clinics uh, all over Northern California um, in PGA Reach, which is the the the, the big brand, the uh, you know, big brother, so to speak, of the foundation. Um, has these nationwide. So every almost every section in the country is is participating in the Hope Program in, in some form or fashion. Um, but we're, uh, we're kind of at the, the top end of the, of the stratosphere and how many events and, and clinics we have. I think we've got 14 different sites lined up for next year. And, you know, we'll have anywhere from six to 30 veterans that'll come out. Um, anywhere from, we've had World War II, uh, straight up to, you know, more recent guys and, and some active duty guys as well, guys and gals. So, um, it's a great way to get them out of the house and, uh, which is, in many cases, a very, very challenging thing, um, you know, for some of the people that are really struggling with uh, reacclimating to civilian life. Um, they, they've we've heard some amazing stories uh, from from those folks and, and how this has literally saved their lives where it gives them a reason to get out of the house and, and mix back up with, um, with some of their uh, their fellow veterans and, and and it reconnects them. And uh, and that has been you know, the biggest surprise, a uh, pleasant surprise to the whole program is to, to see, you know, not just the effects of getting them to learn how to play the great game of golf, but, but the, the healing that goes on, the emotional healing that goes on from participating in the program with, uh, with like-minded people. I think I heard today during the board meeting that we've, we've, um, we've had about 1500 people, unique people, uh, unique visitors go through the program and certainly many of them, uh, many more have been uh, people that have taken the program uh, on a, on a second trial basis, and 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 mostly what we're trying to do is to is to get them, as you say, reacclimated, uh, give them uh, time with 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 like minded people, people who have uh, dealt with the same kinds of issues and problems they have, and ultimately what we're finding, which is really exciting, is many of them are starting their own playing programs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and 
the, the, the connection you're starting to see, you know, as you get to, it's a six week program. It's going to be seven weeks next year, but you know, they get to week four, five, six, and they're already scheming with their, uh, their friends about, Hey, where, where are we going to play after this? You know, the thing's almost over and, and the excitement that you see, uh, you know, with anybody that's caught the golf bug, you know, there, there's, there's just not enough time in the day to go and to scratch that itch. You know, you, as I mentioned earlier, you're a teaching professional and uh, you, you teach many members at, at the club uh, at Blackhawk where you are. And, and I'm certain that, uh, that you probably have kind of a, a, a different feeling after you uh, give a lesson there, as opposed to maybe one of the veterans that, um, that, as you say, you know, will, will tell you this program has saved my life. I mean, it, it, it's really emotional what you're involved with here. It, it really is. I mean, teaching, teaching an able-bodied person is, is really, really fun. It's something I really enjoy and, and to see, you know, that, that glow on someone's face when they hit a well-struck shot or a shot they've never thought they were able to, to hit before, you know, but when you, when you can take that to a different level and, and you have, for example, a gentleman that's in a wheelchair, you know, that never expected to be able to hit a golf ball ever again in his life. And, and you get them, you know, hitting a little 80 yard shots down the fairway and you say, Hey, we can get you in one of these paramobility carts and, and get you out on the golf course and, and give you something, an activity that you didn't think you were able to do again. I mean, that, that is, it, you swell up internally with, with how much, um, how much pride and, and, you know, I say a lot to, um, to some of my fellow professionals that you sometimes feel guilty where you feel like you're getting more out of the program than they are. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking with Tim Burr, PGA teaching professional from Blackhawk Country Club, who's also president of the NCPGA Foundation. Scott, uh, you, you remember that we had uh, Len Dumas on before, and we talked a little bit about, um, about this, uh, fundraising, uh, program that, um, that the NCPGA Foundation is doing, um, called, um, you know, the salute, the salute at Pebble Beach. And uh, I think when, uh, when Len mentioned Pebble Beach, I saw your ears perk up. <laughs> oh, of course. It, it, anytime you mention golf in, in Pebble Beach, just sign me up. I'm there. Count me uh, in. Uh, Tim, this is coming up um, just prior to the United States Women's Open, which is coming to Pebble Beach this year. But the program, um, has beginning to take much greater shape than it has as, as we move forward. Tell us a little bit about what the salute is at Pebble beach, how it's a fundraiser and, and how we can get involved. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh well, I think the do to do to do do hot off the press <clears throat> is uh, is an order for this one for you, Frank. We're, we're just kind of launching that, uh, that this program's out there. We've partnered with Pebble beach um, to, to create a, uh, a four-day spectacular event um, benefiting our military professional, our military veterans um, through the PJ Hope program. And um, it's going to include three rounds of golf at Pebble Beach, Spyglass, um, Spanish Bay. Uh, there'll be four nights at the Spanish Bay Inn. Um, we'll, we've got some golf legends that we're, we're getting lined up to to do speaking. There'll be um, – it's really the way to kind of kick off the um, – the women's open, the 2023 U S women's open at, at Pebble beach. And, and we're able to do this over the July 4th weekend, which is, is really, really special. And, and 
this is certainly open to the public. You know, people can sign up to, to play in this event and uh, feel good about uh, not only the fact that they get to play those three spectacular golf courses, but uh, they're also helping out the PGA Hope Program and veterans. How, how, how do they find out more information? Where do they go for that, Tim? Uh, yeah, there is a website, which I believe is the salute at pebblebeach.com. Uh, they can go to that or they can reach out um, through the, the NCPGA Foundation website. We'll have a link on that. Um, this is a limited, uh, limited number of spots. Uh, we do expect this to be um, not just a, a national uh, attendance, but an international attendance. So we, we expect it to fill up pretty quick. Um, so we're just, just launched the website. Uh, we just started to announce it. And I, I think, uh, once the, the communication gets out to the golf world, we'll, we'll start to see that the, the ranks fill in pretty quickly. So if it's something that interests you, I highly recommend you act on it pretty quickly, um, because it is going to be a very unique and very special event. Scott, not a bad lineup. Uh, Pebble Beach, uh, Spyglass Hill, and the links at Spanish Bay, huh? Three days. It's a great combination, but the cause is even better. And I salute you, Tim, for all that you're doing. You know, this is a very worthy, noble cause. And I'm just curious, as an instructor, um, when you're working with somebody who has some some challenges, you know, with the with the golf ball versus somebody who who may be more physically blessed at, 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 at this time, what are what are some of the common things that you address with both? Because at the end of the day, everybody's competitive and they want to hit the golf ball as well as they can. So I'm just kind of curious if you can walk us through that from a just from the mindset perspective. Yeah, I mean the the introduction part of week one and week two, I think, are really important. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're learning, learning about who they are and you've got, you've got a pretty big group, you know, normally we'll, we'll split up to six or seven veterans per instructor. Um, so you've got a fair number of people in there and they're all from different, different walks. You know, you've got all, all the branches, men, women, um, different disabilities, some physical, some PTSD, and it's, it's different personality, way different personalities. So trying to kind of figure out, through through some conversation, you know, hey, what you know, have you done this before? What do you want to get out of this? Um, and some of them, like golf, is secondary. Like going there and, and and hitting a couple of shots, and then they'll hang, they'll kind of hang back and, and talk to um, talk to some of the other vets. And some of them are, you know, I want to learn how to play golf. I'm so excited, ah, you know. So really finding out what their goals are um, and, and what they're comfortable with. And some, some people are very comfortable with talking about, um, some of the, the, the challenges that they have, whether they be physical or, or mental. Um, and some of them, it takes a couple of, a couple of weeks to, to start to come out of their shell. So it's kind of doing that dance with them is, is really important. And, and it's how you gain trust in each other. And, and, and that's, you know, all the instructors that we, that we have in the program, um, have gone through adaptive training programs to, to learn how to deal with, uh, you know, with all the differences and, and to, to best address them and try to try to help all these men and women. That's awesome. You're doing God's work, my friend. You really are. So we're pretty blessed to be a part of it, for sure. No doubt. You know, Tim, uh, Northern California has a huge um, uh, population of, of veterans with, with all of the military bases that we've had in, in our area. And I'm sure many of them are just hearing about the program on this show, maybe today. Um, obviously, there is room for veterans to sign up for these programs at the 11 sites that you talk about. Well, how would they go about doing that? 
Yeah, go to the NCPGA Foundation website. Um, there is a link right on there. You can uh, you can click on that and get registered. Uh, once again, it is a completely free program. Um, you can work also through your local VA. Uh, we've partnered with some of the VAs. Um, some of them will provide um, transportation to and from the clinic sites as well. Uh, so so talk with your VA. Um, check in with the foundation website, and um, and if anything else you need anything else. You can reach me at timberpga at gmail.com. I'd be happy to help in any way I can. That's great. And it, you mentioned the Veterans Administration. They're, they they um, they think very highly of this program as well. Yeah, we're the only accredited sports program um, that the VA has gotten behind. So it's it's a really big feather in our cap. Um, it's one of the kind of the one of the founding um, blocks that that the whole program was built on was being able to get uh, to get that that you know back and forth with the VA started and, and to get them to, to fill in the ranks when we were just like, Hey, let's go and, and, and make this work. And, and they started to give us some folks. And, and um, two, two years ago, one of the clinics that I went to, they actually sent one of the therapists out um, to partake in the program. So we, he got free golf lessons too. He wanted to see kind of what it was all about, but uh They've been a huge, huge supporter ever since. So, uh, you know, we, we welcome that sort of thing for sure. Tim Burr, PGA. He is a teaching professional at Blackhawk uh, Country Club. But when he doesn't have that hat on, uh, he is the NCPGA Foundation president and um, a, a huge uh, advocate for PGA Hope and certainly the salute at Pebble Beach. So if you're looking for more information, uh, contact the NCPGA Foundation office uh, you can just Google it, and and you'll find some folks to, that will be happy to talk to you. Tim, I can't uh, tell you how much I appreciate you being on the show today and look forward to, uh, to maybe seeing you on the golf course where we can relax a little bit. How's that? That sounds amazing. Let's make sure that happens, Frank. Only if you give us a lot of tips and advice, Tim. <laughs> well, if we have a bet, then I'll give you tons of tips and advice. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Golf to Go Radio Hour. We will be back with more right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. Golf to Go Radio Hour continues here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Hi, I'm Frank LaRosa. I'd like to welcome in... Um, couple of, uh, of uh, new people to Sacramento. Um, Mr. Chris Johnson is the general manager at El Masero Country Club, and Nick Garrison is the is the relatively new head golf professional. Nick, you've been there, what, about six weeks now, I guess? Uh, today makes one month, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, and Chris, about two weeks on the job, I'm guessing? Two weeks, exactly, yes. Yeah. Well, welcome both to, uh, to Sacramento and to, to the um, uh, El Masero Country Club. Thank you very Thank you. much. Hey, um, so tell us a little bit about how you got here, Chris. I know, I know you're a, a Troon employee. Um, you know, what, what's your career path been? How, how did you get here to to El Macero? Interesting. Um, so actually, I I'm originally from the Bay Area. Uh, I started my golf career in at Blackhawk Country Club. I worked there, and I, I worked at uh, Round Hill as well uh, as assistant professional, and and then. Uh, I got married, had had a baby, and I ended up moving to Scottsdale, Arizona. So, wow, yeah, w- w- lived out there for about twenty years. Um, worked at several courses out there. I went out there to work for TPC um, as a tournament director, and uh, ended up working for Troon. Um, and it kind of led to 
coming out here in California, I uh, started working for, so basically what happened to me is uh, the, when the housing market kind of crashed back in 06, 07, I, I went through many acquisitions uh, at the golf courses I was at. I believe I've been through five. Wow. Uh, so yeah, exactly. Um, but Phil Mickelson and his agent, Steve Loy, purchased uh, one of the golf courses I was at. And so I, I worked there for Phil Mickelson for quite a while. And, and then long story short, last year, he decided to sell his courses. He actually had a portfolio of six courses, three private and three public, um, sold those courses. And I was working with Troon at the time. So I, I came out to California, uh, worked for Hiddenbrook. Uh, and then, uh, I moved over here to El Macero two weeks ago. Well, as I said, welcome. Yeah, Nick, thank you. Uh, you know, you and I, uh, met, uh, a number of years ago when you were the head pro at Contra Costa country club. And, uh, uh, I'm not sure where you were before that or if you were and, and, um, you know, Chris mentioned round Hill and now you were there as well. Yeah. So, uh, before, uh, before Contra Costa, I'd actually been out of the golf business for a little while. Um, finished up school and uh, bartending mainly. Um, and so, <clears throat> yeah, I spent two years at uh, Contra Costa Country Club uh, as the first assistant um, and a little bit as an interim head professional um, and was there for 2015 to 2017. And then uh, 2017, uh, I moved over to Round Hill and I was there uh, up until uh, November of this year. So that was uh, almost five and a half years I was there. And um, it's funny, there's still a lot of members at Round Hill that are the same uh, from when Chris was there. Uh, you know, and, and uh, we both feel, feel very fondly of, uh, of the great Al Kruger, who uh, still spends time there from uh, during the week from time to time with his, uh, with his game of guys. And uh, so, but yeah, no, very happy to be here. Very lucky to be here and uh, looking forward to it. There's that great old adage that, um, you know, if you want to play golf, don't get in the golf business, go be a bartender. And, and I love the way you came back around to that. Yeah, exactly. You know, normally um, in, in most situations, unless it's a, a startup, um, you know, the GM and, and the head golf professional don't come together. So this is kind of a unique opportunity for the two of you to, not only get to know each other, but to get to know the club and, and, and kind of begin to work together for, uh, you know, for the good of your membership and certainly for the good of your club and for, for both of your careers. So how, do, how does that, um, how does that scenario kind of play out for you, Chris? Uh, I think it's a great opportunity. I'm, I'm coming into a, a club with a very motivated uh, and capable staff. So, and, and Nick is one of those department heads. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. You know, as I said, I've been through many acquisitions and many times uh, I've came into new properties and the staff wasn't as competent. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to get to know the uh, membership and uh, it's a lot of positive things in the horizon here at El Macero. So I'm looking forward to it. That's great. Nick, um, you know, coming coming at it from from the golf side, what what are your first impressions of El Macero? And uh, and it's a it's a pretty spectacular golf course in my mind. But uh, let's hear the pros' point of view. 
No, I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. The golf course is, uh, is, is great. You know, it's the hallmark of the club. Um, it's been here going on 60 years now. And, uh, you know, the fact that UC Davis is still out here and we host the Aggie classic, uh, or the Elvis Arrow classic in the spring and then their Aggie classic in the fall. Um, I think speaks to the, the level of the golf course, as well as all the USGA uh, qualifiers um, and the NCGA tournaments that we host as well. Um, the club itself, it's, it's uh, for me, it's a, a, it's different than the, the Bay Area clubs. Um, very much of a, a Sacramento Valley, Central Valley club has its, uh, has its mystique to it. Um, and it's very welcoming. It's very, I'm trying to think of the best way to, to put it. Um, it, it. It feels, it feels homey, right? Like it's, it's just a very comfortable place to be. Um, you know, not, not stuffy, not pretentious, just welcoming, very, you know, yeah, I think that that's um, th- that's a a view that's shared by the membership as well, I, and I, and I think they take great pride in that that um, that it is a very friendly club that uh, the members get to know each other, and um, you know there isn't uh, any um, any you know status seekers necessarily. It's 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 just people that enjoy being together and enjoy a golf course and enjoy the social aspects as well. You know, we, we come into this, or you guys come into this at a time when the and the golf business is, you know, I mean, it, it's probably more popular than ever when, when you really begin to think about it. I mean, it's been it's been years since uh, private clubs have been full on membership. And uh, so, you you know, you guys come in at a, at a time where where it's, um, you know, it, it's really uh, not only uh, successful, but in, in other cases, profitable. Uh, as well. In my mind, however, I think we have to be looking past this, you know, to what comes next. And not necessarily that golf is going to drop off because the popularity is huge right now. But but I think that we have to continue to think about how we continue to grow the game and 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 what efforts we're going to make to do that. So, um, you know, it's uh, with with only two weeks on the job. I'm not sure it's a fair question, Chris. But uh, you know, what what do you see as the future of growing the game, and 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 how can you help implement that at at El Macero? Yeah, I um, well, that's one of our jobs as a PJ professional is to grow the game, and it's one that I take seriously. So, and and I believe it's just whenever I have the opportunity to introduce anyone to the game of golf, uh, I, I take that opportunity and do that. Um, if it's, you know, helping them with their golf swing, giving them a free lesson, bringing them out um, playing, whatever it is, um, I really take that seriously and and like to help people get involved in the game. And obviously, uh, well, a lot starts with junior golf and getting the young kids. Uh, involved in it uh as as i did to my son and get them started early and and you when you do that a lot of kids will play it for a lifetime it's been fun over the years to see how the junior program at el Macero has grown nick and uh you know that uh, that's got to make you smile as well absolutely um you know that's growing the game is is like like chris said is is one of the hallmarks of of being a, a pga professional um and that's something that Kevin <clears throat> Kevin Estrella, our director of player development, and I are working on for for twenty twenty three. How can we continue to get kids involved and and 
and retain them, right? There's so many different opportunities out there now, sports-wise, um, and even non-sports-wise, activity-wise, that that can get these kids to do something. Um, so what, what can we do to keep them here? Um, and I think we have a great opportunity here at El Macero with the natural cycle of, of private clubs, right? You have the, the older membership that starts to leave and the younger families that start to come in. Um, and so how can we attract those younger families and the kids to the, to the scene and then keep them here, right? Um, and, and I think at the same time, we're very fortunate with UC Davis being here because we get some of the teenagers and, and uh, you know, the junior high and high school kids that see these kids out here and they see them practicing, they see them playing well in tournaments, um, and then they can kind of act as a, a mentor or motivator for these kids to, oh, they can do it, we can do it, you know. Um, it's it's really, really nice. I think the opportunity is just endless out here for that, uh, you know, developing and retaining the the junior golfers, especially. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it's a, a great opportunity, um, not only for the game, but but for for you two and El Macero as well. I mean, you're both you're both uh, still young in your careers. And and I think golf is golf is kind of on a, a little cusp right now. There, you know, there's there's some changes about to be made and, and you you see it with with um, with with live golf and and wherever wherever that's going to end up. But as as the younger people continue to come into the game, you know, they look at maybe some of the traditions as not necessarily something they want to disrespect, but something they'd like to soften. And so I, I think for for uh, private clubs to to continue to survive, I think some concessions are going to have to be made in, in those directions as well. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I agree. Uh, everything is is loosening up, it seems like, in society, no matter what it is from, I, I guess, dress code would be we won to like, the rules of, of the game um yeah i think we just need to continually adapt um you know the the younger generation has they have different different thoughts and we need to embrace it and be on the forefront of of where we're headed so um nick after six weeks <laughs> what are your plans for uh for el macero what what, oh. what 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 would you like to see happen in the next couple of years uh, I, I, you know, truly in the next couple of years, um, I just, I want us to see this place continue to grow and develop, you know, take what fortunately, you know, I say COVID saved the golf industry um, and, and for us to be able to keep that momentum and, and keep rolling with it, you know, um, keeping the, the young kids, you know, flowing into the system and, and the, the younger families and just bring the, bring El Macero if you will, back to a, a level of prominence in, in, in the area, right? To 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 have it be like, yeah, that's the place to be, right? That's that's what I'm looking forward to. And Chris, I'm guessing that also goes along with the fact that there are a number of capital improvements that uh, that the club hopes to make over the next couple of years, and and um, you know that'll be part of of your job directing those as well. Absolutely, we're looking forward to that. Hopefully, uh, we get quite a few capital improvements to the facility um, and and that will make the club just as Nick said very I think spectacular and one of the clubs to be at in the valley so um, we're hoping um, some of those 
come to fruition. Well, gentlemen, I, I uh, wish you great success. And uh, again, welcome to uh, Sacramento and uh, and uh, to, uh, uh, to El Macero Country Club. And we wish you nothing but uh, but the best and and look forward to uh, to seeing you on the golf course. Thank you, Frank. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Chris Johnson, general manager, and Nick Garrison, head golf professional at uh, El Macero Country Club. This is the golf to go Radio Hour. And we'll be back with uh, more right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour on Sacktown Sports 1140. And uh, Bill Childs, PGA, is uh, waiting patiently to get on the uh, the radio show this week. Bill Childs is a PGA teaching professional at uh, Wood Creek Golf Club and has been a friend for years. And uh, Bill, welcome to the show. Appreciate you being with us. Hey, thanks. Let me click this so I can see you. There you are. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do this again because um, because uh, the people are going to be confused as to why they can't see us. Okay. So I'll just I'll just start it all over, and we'll let Scott fix it. All good. In the magic of editing, I can even make you and sound good, Bill, and I could even possibly possibly make you look good. But I'm not I'm not guaranteeing that. <laughs> I got dolled up for you. I can tell. I appreciate that. Welcome back to the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Frank LaRosa and Scott Marsh here with you. And uh, Bill Childs, PGA teaching professional from Wood Creek Golf Club, is is standing by. Bill's been a friend for a number of years, and we've talked about getting him on the show. And, well, today we finally did it. Bill, welcome to the show. Hey, good. How are you, Frank? Doing well, doing well, and um, uh, you know it's uh, it's been a number of years that we've known each other, see each other at PGA events and and things like that. And uh, you've been at Wood Creek for a number of years now, teaching out there. How, how many, Bill? Eighteen years already. Wow. Yeah, I let my bosses know I've never missed a day in eighteen years. The other day. So uh, I'm guessing you've passed your probation. You're good now. <laughs> Yeah, I walk around like I own the place. You know, uh, we were talking earlier. I didn't realize you were you were like the uh, the the coach to the stars. I mean, uh, Carmichael, Dave, Vince Mastrocco, who started wow. Golf Talk Radio here in Sacramento. You've you've worked with both of them, uh, and and I, you know, having seen both their games, I don't know whether that's them or you, Bill. So <laughs> kind of leave that up to chance. Yeah. But uh, those they're, they're both great guys, and and they speak highly of you. Thank you. So, Bill, um, you you teach a lot of juniors, and and I I run into folks all the time that uh, that are that are so happy with uh, with the way that uh, that you work with the juniors. What what's the difference between working with a junior and and an adult player? Uh, you know, I've decided that my motto for junior golf is also my motto for adult golf when it comes to group activities, and that's. Uh, from Chuck Hogan, if you know that name, uh, steal this idea of the motto is fun and safe. So we're going to teach you a lot of stuff, but we're going to make sure you're having fun and feeling safe along the way because that's the way children learn the fastest. So, yeah, not that much different, you know, trying to take them by baby steps and stay out of the way a lot let, let people get a chance to put the club in their hand and and don't talk too long that's a hard thing for coaches 
Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, as as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, with kids, they they probably, you know, build a trust and they figure, well, I'll just do whatever, you know, Coach Bill is saying to do. And with adults, they're thinking, I can't do that. Or, you know, I used to do that and it doesn't work anymore. I mean, the, the whole notion of of lessons can be very confusing for adults uh, because they think they know what they should be doing. And uh, what a coach might tell them is probably not something that's really in their mind. Yeah, uh, I actually made some notes about some of the common myths that I have to try to get people to overcome, you know, like keep your head down. That's probably the number one destroyer of golf swings is in my experience is uh, people are just trying to keep their head down too much and not look up. And I tell them, if you watch tour pros, they turn and look and stand up and watch where the ball goes. <laughs> so that's a big thing to overcome for people. What are some of the other myths? Well, gripping lightly, you know, um, and swinging slow and soft. You look at good players, they're, they're pretty much giving it attack mode, you know. So we don't want to go too soft, too slow, grip too lightly. Uh, try to keep our head down. Those are things we have to kind of reteach people a lot. Yeah, you know, uh, I play with uh, with a friend that uh, he'll say, "I just didn't keep my head down." And and as many times as I've tried to tell him that's not the issue, it's it's you know he has convinced himself that that is his issue. And you know, until I suppose again building a a, a trust or a relationship with a coach, that's never going to change. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, one of the most important things as a coach is that you're confident in what you're saying. So you, you, golf's very, very technical, so you really need to know exactly what you're saying is right and uh, avoid at all costs saying something that's not right. <laughs> yeah. but Bill, I have to question that a little bit because, I mean, obviously, you have to have your eyes on the ball at contact, right? And isn't it also important to keep your head still as you're going through your swing? Uh, I'm sorry, Scott. Neither one of those are right. <laughs> really? How is that possible? Well, um, the ball doesn't know if you're looking at it or not. So um, a ton of practice that I do with anybody who's uh, got the first basics of the swing is swinging with your eyes closed. And shortly after you practice that a little bit, I want you hitting golf balls with your eyes closed. And it is shocking how good even kids are at hitting the ball with their eyes closed. In fact, quite commonly, they will strike the ball better after they close their eyes and swing with their eyes closed. Wow. That's amazing. And the kids love it. And the parents go crazy when they see their kids do that. I bet. I bet. Well, I'm going to have to rethink my past 30 years of actually swinging a golf club, Bill. I'm going to have to come out and see you. Um, I'm curious with kids, are you trying to play more on what it looks like their natural ability at that stage in their development versus uh, golfers who are more mature, or is it a similar approach in terms of mechanics? Oh, no, yes. When they're little, just, you know, point something out to them, but 
you know, don't demand that they move, you know, they do it immediately. <laughs> give them a, a ton of uh, chances to succeed. You got to give, give a lot of chances to succeed and just uh, calmly reminding them what they need to try to do. And of course the little ones, you know, I'm a big proponent of just let them swing. Um, you know, they'll spin around in circles and you tell them don't do that, but don't stop them, you know, from, from swinging all together. Just let them keep swinging. And then, uh, you know, eventually you'll find that they're going to, you know, stand forward and be able to follow through without spinning around. And even with the hands, with the little kids, let them swing cross-handed. That's a common way for young players to develop a good golf swing is with cross-handed grip. Um, a lot of times the parents want their kids to interlock their fingers when they're like seven or eight years old. They're getting the interlocking grip or the overlapping grip. And those little guys just need to have all their fingers on the club and and even separate their hands a little bit is a common thing that's good for the kids to do. So, you know, parents are all – sometimes I get frustrated with the parents because they're telling them the wrong thing, but then I think to myself – you know, they're just doing what they're doing and saying what they're saying because they love the kid. <laughs> There's no malice there. So you yeah. would, you, would you say your approach is um, unconventional within PGA mm. professionals? It, it uh, sounds like it could be to me. Um, not, no, not for the expert uh, no. junior golf instructors. I've learned an awful lot from Tom Morton being part of the first T program for many years and going to his – uh, you know, educational programs. So you know how edu- how great Tom Morton is with sure. junior programs. Yeah, you know the the, the notion of, uh, of of swinging with your eyes closed um, is is in many ways not unlike. I, I've played some of my best golf in the fog, and I and I think what what if if yeah, I'm just- understanding you correctly, Bill, is that. The notion of swinging with your eyes closed releases all the tension, the tension of us aiming, of us making sure we have to hit the ball in this particular spot and all of that. And and and, if, and the mind is freed up the same way at playing in the fog because that target is not there, you yeah. know, to, to to build the tension of you having to hit it to that spot. Yeah, and you've you've heard the idea of, you know, swing and let the ball get in the way, right? Yeah. Don't swing at the ball, swing and let the ball get in the way. Well, when you close your eyes, you're exactly doing that because you're not seeing anything to try to swing at. So you just make a swing, ball gets in the way. What do you know? Ball's in the air. Scott, something you'd be interested in, but I was not aware, uh, but because I know you you run every day or try to. Uh, Bill Bill is a marathon runner. Really? I was, I, you know, the the notion of going out for a for a daily run, you know, I I can understand that, but um, but you're practicing for a fifty miler, isn't that what you said? <laughs> yeah, I just signed up and uh, plunked down my two hundred and forty dollars to go out and run fifty miles in a day coming up April first. <laughs> Sounds like uh, a great investment, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It'll definitely uh, monitor my beer intake over the next. <laughs> Four months. <laughs> yeah, Bill. I do um, like the I do like the run. Like uh, Frank said, I, 
I honestly run because one, I, you know, it's it's a fitness factor and all that stuff. But I honestly feel like it, it helps my golf game when I do some cross training, you know, with flexibility and endurance and all of that stuff. Do you do you find that to be the case? I don't know because you see all different body shapes yeah. with golf, and anybody can swing the club well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, flexibility is obviously the biggest factor. Uh, golf demands strength and quickness and endurance and maybe most of all, uh, flexibility. So, uh, anytime I do a private lesson with anybody who's 12 years old or older, they get an outline of swing fundamentals and a little list of a few common drills. And then they also get a uh, diagram of uh, variety of stretching exercises. So just a reminder for people. Um, I think most people really, if if they just would do it, they know how to stretch. They don't really need a, uh, to be told how to stretch. We, we kind of, I think we all kind of know how to stretch, but just a matter of wanting to do it. I actually uh, spend a lot of time working on my f- flexibility, um, largely because of golf, but overall with, you know, overall fitness and long distance athletics, uh, endurance athletics, flexibility obviously comes into play too. Um, so I'm, t- I'm typically at the gym uh, at least five to six days a week, first thing in the morning. And the only thing I do at the gym is get in the hot tub and stretch. So I don't really work out there, although lately I've been getting over there when it's bad weather. But yeah, I do all my training outside. But flexibility, you know, is and I realize that people swing the way they swing largely based on their body type and their strength and their flexibility. So, you know, obviously you want everybody to move towards, the you know, the kind of the Tiger Woods model of golf swing. Um, but you know, obviously we can't all make those same movements. Frank, you didn't tell me that when we interviewed Bill, it was going to make me feel very inadequate after listening to his workout and fitness routines. You know, I feel inadequate every time I talk to a PGA professional, but that's okay. That's we're still having fun. We're having fun like off course. Uh, Bill, give me uh, quickly because we're running uh, uh, tough on time here. Um, as you get, you know, the, the game is in a great spot right now. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you get a lot of, of new people to the game. What, what, what's, what are they telling you? What, what is it about the game that's exciting them? Uh, you know, for juniors, especially it's, it's just a huge adventure for them to get out and actually be out on the golf course itself besides the practice facilities. But, you know, people just like to hit a ball across a field, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think everybody feels some uh, some relief when they're out at the golf course just to get away from the phone and the computers, you know? And that's a big passion for me is getting the kids out, getting them off the screens. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I like to hit the ball across the field too. I just don't like it when I go sideways. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. You know, we didn't even talk about Wood Creek Golf Course. And, and so we're just going to have to bring you back another time or get Rob Frederick, the, the head pro out there as well. And, uh, uh, Bill Childs, PGA teaching professional 
at Wood Creek Golf Club. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for your insights on juniors. Uh, Scott's head spinning, I can see. And, uh, so uh, next time we play, I'm going to watch whether he's uh, keeping his head down or not. I'd love to play with you guys sometimes. And uh, everybody get out there and get active and swing those clubs. This is the Golf To Go Radio Hour. We have wrapped up another hour, and uh, we'll be back uh, with more next week, and we just keep on doing it. Keep it in the fairway. Enjoy it. Golf is a game. Have a good time.